seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue and Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rogue and Woe. Hey, Rowett, dude, we're back from the future. Man, what a trip that was. Um, you know, I, I, I wish that our time machines didn't get wrecked on the way back, but uh, it was it was quite a trip. Yeah, it was crazy. We are hoping to fix our time machines so that we can go to the future again at some point soon. Uh, but right now, we, we're just not that talented at doing a lot of things, so we both broke individual socially distanced time machines yeah they're at pep boys they're looking at them um but we're, we're uh, and this is a promoted sponsorship yes go to pep boys yes. for all your um car needs yeah pep all boys. of them yeah the place for the new time machine yes yes but it's um, this is thank you pep boys for sponsoring this episode for sponsoring our time machines and for paying for my chair right now Yes. Oh, we'll get the chairs later, by the way. We have a chair thing. Um, I know. It's a a call forward. Yes. Um, And then, so I just got to tell you, Rohit, right now, uh, you know, our topic, like today, the the overarching thing is going to be how there is a small bit of democracy that we've seen lights of uh, in the last week since we've been back from 2021. And everything from sports to the news to even std walks which we'll tell you about later there are there is hope for democracy but right now i'm in hell why is that aaron yeah so why i'm in hell is i am at my office we are going through a giant heat wave and the air conditioning broke <laughs> so i believe the current temperature in here is 100 Oh, and you made our poor editor, Nate, come in to the office? Yes. Luckily, we have there's an office next door that has AC, so we're going to do other stuff in there. But right now, because we have to record in our incredibly expensive and fancy studio that our listeners can't quite see right now. But, man, do we have like we have I mean, it's 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 worth hundreds of hundreds of dollars. Uh, We it's boiling. It is dying. My computer might explode. So I'm in hell. So just remember that. So don't test me, Rohit, because I'm in hell. You know, I thought I had it bad because, you know, the AC in my house right now, um, you know, the, coming out of the vents in my office, my home office where I'm calling, where I'm dialing in from, it's kind of like the power of a kitten coughing coming through the vents. Um, <laughs> so I've got, I've got the fan on. And for anybody that can see my Zoom background, um, it is just a raging inferno. But it's not as bad as yours because you look like Patrick no, Ewing, f- mid nineties after like playing like four quarters in overtime. Yeah, just total sweat. And looking yeah. at your background makes me sweat more because it's just fire. <laughs> uh, well, you got about forty-five minutes of continuing to look at it. So, so, so you ready for more? Uh, for something? Where I just want news from the quarantine. I just want to tell you something that happened right on the way to do this. That made me, I thought, I felt so hopeful this morning because of this thing. And now I feel so unhopeful and depressed. So, do you see this shirt? 
I'm wearing. I do. Buffalo baseball. Great riff on the old Blue Jays logo and type. Well, do you know why? It's because the Blue Jays home park this year is in Buffalo. Oh, right. So they made a shirt for Blue Jay fans. And for those who don't know, I'm I'm a Dodger fan from L.A. And I'm also a Blue Jay fan. Different divisions. Uh, never play each other almost. So, like, they're my American League team. Grew up. My family's from Toronto. So really excited when I saw this shirt, the Buffalo Blue Jays, with instead of a Blue Jay, it's a Buffalo. And this shirt came today. And... Of course, I had to wear it because I felt like I'm super freaking cool right now. Like, I'm probably the coolest guy, like, walking, you know, anywhere. Oh, this yeah. shirt. Always. I get, always, but especially with this shirt, I get from my office, from my place to the office. I get in the elevator. Our office is 90% empty right now. Like, the, the offices are mainly go- empty except for a few. Get in the off. I get in the elevator, which... Never happens. Someone else gets into the elevator with me. The first words out of his mouth this morning were, oh, dude, I have that shirt. And I was just like, really? Like the one person I see today actually has the shirt I just got. And I'm like, why? I didn't say cool. I didn't say that's awesome. I said, why? Like I was mad at him. And I just met, I don't even know who he is. And the reason why is because he's also a Blue Jay fan and also got it. And I'm like, really? The one person I see has to have gotten this shirt and be a Blue Jay fan too? Like, this is just unfair. It's unfair to my shirt. It's unfair to my lifestyle. So just tell me that there's something good there. Even well, there's still it's not hope, but it's just, well, the, I just, the, the two of you is still add up to more than all the Orioles fans in Los Angeles. So, <laughs> which is one. Yeah. You. No, I think I've met one or two others, but the fact that you just walked into a building with yours, you know, like, I think you have a higher chance of seeing Toronto based or Toronto inspired fans here. So, but the buffalo, uh, the shirt, I mean, dude, anyway, yeah. but I recommend look up online if, or I'll, maybe I'll put up a picture of it on my social to show the shirt. Cause I just couldn't believe this dude has the shirt. So so that's news in quarantine. So now let's, let's dive in to this hint of democracy. Yeah. So uh, I think your first topic. Yeah. So the first topic is about a Russian opposition leader named Alexei Navalny. Now, Alexei, going back to 2011, um, has, you know, consistently been an outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin. Um, and in 2011, he was arrested and imprisoned. This is around the time also when Pussy Riot, they were getting arrested. And I actually found out about this news um, the other day on, uh, you know, through Nadia from Pussy Riot, through her Instagram. Um, and so Alexei was poisoned at the airport in his tea. He's in really, really bad shape. Um, and he's in a hospital. They've been trying to transfer him outside of Russia, somewhere else in Europe to get treated, and he's not being released. Um, and he is just another of the many, many critics of Putin that have accidentally poisoned themselves or accidentally fallen out of windows or have accidentally you know, shot themselves in the back of the head twice. And so... It's, it's not funny that they, that they, yeah, it's funny, but it's not yeah. Funny, I mean, there was another there's another critic that was poisoned in 2018 um, named Piotr Vesilov, and he uh, he lived through the poisoning, but he no longer can see or speak. 
So it's as good as them killing him. So what I'm trying not to do is I'm not trying to hint at uh, Putin's uh, Russian in Putin's involvement. I am explicitly saying this is Putin's Russian involvement. Um, and this is what happens when you have uh, an actual dictator that is trying to make protesting illegal and trying to silence speech. Now, for everybody listening, it's when you think our country is different than other countries, you know, it all starts somewhere. And, you know, you got to judge people by their actions, by their intentions, and a lot of times by the friends that they hang out with. Um, so, uh, Aaron, where can we sort of find hope in this type of, you know, yeah, with mean, this, this development? What happened to Alexei, who's brave because he was has been a very uh, vocal uh, guy about ending sort of the dictatorship of Russia and wanting democracy, wanting freedoms. And uh, it's terrible that he's in the coma now and got poisoned by, uh, by, as you said, probably Putin. I mean, or someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah not so, Putin himself, but someone in the Kremlin. But you know? someone in the Kremlin. And I think what you said was interesting to me is it's also about who you surround yourself with. Uh, look who Putin surrounds himself with. Also in our democracy, look who Trump surrounds himself with. They're mostly all in jail or have been convicted of something. Uh, Steve Bannon's the latest to uh, to be you know, to be, to be, uh, to be silenced because he uh, committed some giant crimes. Uh, he's in jail now, or he just got bailed out or something. But what I have hope in is this last week, I felt like our democracy is a bit alive here. So all the stuff that we saw in the future in 2021, if you listen to the last episode about the Russia American coalition, I feel hope that that won't happen, that we won't become that. We can't become that because we have a setup where you can't, there, there are too many powers at play to stop that from happening here. And then I hope we can once again, not have Russia be our, our ally, but actually like drop the hammer on what they do. And so that's where I find hope is that we're not there yet. There may have been some actions in this current administration and in what in Trump's life where he's done things, you know, maybe that are kind of like this. But right now, I feel there's hope that it's that's alive and that we have a chance to not become that. We could, we could become that, but I don't believe we will. Yeah, you know what? What gives me hope of that is that we is, is actually idiots on Twitter, and to all the idiots on Twitter, you do serve a purpose, and that is to constantly remind us that we are in a country where you can say really dumb or inflammatory or provocative things about current government officials or potential government officials, whether you're far left or far right. Um, there, the fact that both far sides actually have an ability to say things, whether true or not, whether mean or not, means that at least freedom of speech is there to constantly preserve yes. our democracy because democracy is is built on people being able to express their that's thoughts. and look if things go down one path uh coming up like a really radical path 
could people like AOC, Bernie Sanders, and others start finding it uh, not wanting to drink their tea? Yes. Are we there now? No. They are alive. They are speaking. Whether you agree with them or disagree with them, I'm mixed on some of uh, some different policies by some of the more extreme left. But I think that it's great that their voices are bringing out that voice, uh, and they're not getting poisoned right now. So that's hope for us. In Russia, Russia is a problem and is a giant problem. But for us, there is hope there. AOC, Bernie Sanders, etc., are not getting poisoned. Yep. And the fact is that I think the majority of the people in this country, while not everybody agrees with all the speech out there, if you agree with democracy, that means you agree with speech, which means you agree not necessarily with what people are saying, but that they have the right to say it. And as long as that is protected, democracy will always sort of show its face. So there we, so let's hope gong it. Yeah. That's, that's a piece of hope. Um, gong. And so that leads us, I think, which is a good place to go right after this. Uh, to the mailer game. And if you haven't heard the mailer game yet, I am uh, a on the mailing list because I'm a member of the Logic Party or at Logic Part the Logic Party if you want if you don't haven't followed it yet on Facebook and stuff. The mailer game is I am a uh, I've signed up for both the Democrat and Republican mailers. Uh, I registered to be in Trump's uh, one of Trump's rallies, couldn't quite make it to New Hampshire for that, got on his list, and, on, and I'm on Biden's list. So this week has been extra crazy with the texts I've gotten, Rowett. So can I just play you uh, a game, a little um, a little guess who? Yeah. Guess who sent this mailer? And I know you have something to add as well. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. We are fighting for the soul of our nation. And I can't win this fight without you. So will you join me for our first grassroots fundraiser? Biden. Of 2020. What? Biden. It is. Damn. I thought I could maybe fool these you. Are, these are way too easy. Um, And then there's one other one. We can live. We can build an America that lives up to our ideals. That's that's Joe. It's also Joe. Yeah. See, these are so basic. See, to me, what's interesting is they're so basic. Like, no, they're like, not complicated. Yeah, it's just what doesn't sound overly narcissistic. But can I actually throw a stat out there for you? Um, so I took a survey for uh, that, that uh, you know, I got targeted for a survey. And so I took a Joe Biden survey on August 8th. Okay. okay? All I did was take a survey. Do you want to know? Um, how many unsolicited text messages I've gotten since August 8th? Um, I'm going to just do a, I'm going to round up a number yep. and say five, 563. No, no, but it's only 19. But I've also gotten 78 emails since I took that survey. I never once signed up for texts. I never signed up for emails. And I remember, you know, I've donated to candidates in the past. And it's just, it's signing yourself up for a lot of, of messages and throughout the day. Um, so yeah. Um, were there any that surprised actually, well, there any, cause I have another mailer. Were there any that surprised you so nope. far? Nope. All what you would expect. Oh, it, it's, it's a playbook, man. It's a playbook. 
Um, nothing felt like, oh, that's amazing. The only thing I think that's been surprising me was uh, there's a lot of news this uh, past week, the Lincoln Project, which is made up of a lot of Republicans that are in support of Biden. It's one of the many sort of, uh, I guess, groups or caucuses that, that, that are uh, defecting from Trump to vote for Biden this year. Um, of outspoken Republicans. Yeah, and their ads are their ads are hilarious. They're amazing. ridiculous. They got in trouble this week because um, they weren't crediting the original meme creators that they were playing off of. Um, so now, okay. since and then everybody's like ripping them apart. So now they are now crediting the memes that they are then sharing on Instagram and Twitter, which is nice. Oh, but and we're gonna get to memes. We're gonna get to me a meme later. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so one other one I just want to read to you because this was. Classified convention information. <laughs> we will be reviewing your response. That says, I will be reviewing your response in 10 minutes, friend. Your input is critical. Take poll. So you click on the poll. And it is a list of questions that are very guided for what I want to be in the acceptance speech for this candidate. Guess who said that? Oh God. The fact that there was no sentences longer than three words. Um, the fact that it was like insider information and wanting to like, you know, have access to, to things and like treating it as if it's like some VIP celebrity bullshit. Very, very obvious. It's the Donald. Yeah, it is. And what's amazing to me is the president of the United States, his text says classified convention information. <laughs> like, doesn't that go against the yeah. very fabric of how we're supposed to do this stuff? Wait a second. Shouldn't Hillary be in jail for sharing classified stuff? And now he is then claiming to share classified things on text. Where's the with consistency? Me. Yeah, with you. With me. I mean, with me, his friend. Yes. I've never met the guy, but I am his deep yeah. friends. So I thought that one was just extra <laughs> funny. You have, you were three for three today. Um, so I think with that, let's go into topic two, which we really can't do this, um, this podcast of hopelessness without covering the, the real, the biggest thing that happened this week, which was the first ever virtual convention. Um, the democratic national convention happened all week and uh, I felt massive amounts of hope and then hopelessness. So the hope was uh, Fox News, which, you know, you, you see all this divisiveness between the different news outlets and stuff. And they're basically like political parties in a way. They, like many of their people, praised uh, uh Biden. Joe Biden's speech. They like the people you would not expect, minus Carlson and Hannity. They said that it was the best Biden's done. This was what we, what he needed to do. He, uh, Dana Perino, one of their anchors, said Biden just hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, these are big words for Fox News, which we think of as you know just a prop, more of a a right wing propaganda thing. And mm -hmm. it just it gave me a, an ounce of hope that, you know, call a spade a spade and also recognize when someone does something good, regardless of the political spin in that 
quote unquote sleepy Joe was pretty awake for this speech. Um, and so I just thought that's like reminding me of what I thought the news should be, which is like recognizing when things are good or bad. You can put your spin on it. It's free speech. But when I watch the news, I want to see that. So seeing that last night, I was like, whoa, this is this is hopeful. Yeah, and even uh, like even Drudge Report um, had a lot of really positive headlines coming out of Biden's speech. Um, so it was, you know, it's it's yes, a couple. Matt sources. Drudge is a, Matt Drudge for people who don't know is a. I've read him for, man, it seems like my entire adult 20 life. Twenty years, probably. Yeah. Um, he's uh, really, and I read it. You know, he's he's right wing guy, but he presents the news in a fairly fair way. I feel. And uh, yeah, he was all about it. He was like Biden crushed it. Uh, it's uh, great. yeah. I mean, it's it's that is one of the things I did not expect at all a month ago when I was when we were making our bet, which I still hope to lose. What did what did you? So let me ask you because I think this is interesting. Before I get into just a little bit of thought for hopelessness, but this obviously you felt some hope. So tell me what you thought that you had not thought before about what the news would say yeah the news are just you said a month ago you didn't think this would happen oh yeah well a month ago i did not because usually you know there's a lot of you know let's say drudge and fox news uh two sources with mega huge major audiences have generally been trump washing everything right and Mm -hmm. um generally uh you know where some stories uh you know might have painted a more like sort of balanced light for some issues. Most of them were really just like ignoring so many of the, the horrible things um, that the president has been saying or doing. Right. And I figure, okay, that this is just another thing, but to see them not only sort of uh, like cover the DNC in a positive light, but in a glowing light. And it gives me a lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of uh, sort of uh hope because there's at first i was like i like joe biden as a person but i was like is this the guy that can actually win but now i'm starting to realize is that maybe what the dnc needed was another old white guy that voters felt middle of the road voters felt comfortable it's like oh well this old white guy is not as bad as this current old white guy so while it was not a really a bold sort of progressive nomination i think it was the nomination that maybe has the best chance of winning because that might be what's needed especially when florida i was reading something today is that whoever wins florida wins the election um yeah or so. michigan i think michigan's the other michigan's one. a big, but, uh, a big one. yeah but yeah i like what it showed for me i've um i think probably more than you i've i've always liked joe biden as a i just think his story is uh is incredible what he's persevered through, how he got to where he did, how he was this kind of rogue guy at 29 in the Senate. He was like the the white male AOC back in the day because he mm-hmm. just ri- rose to power so quickly and kind of out of nowhere from a pretty poor upbringing. Um, and so I've just always... Re- and then he lost his wife and one of his kids in a car accident when he was in his 30s, I think. And then... He lost the famous thing that we all know is he lost his son, Bo, who fought um, in the military, fought in uh, Iraq. Right. Yeah. That he we lost he lost his son, Bo, who was his. I mean, they were like attached. Bo Biden was a 
by all accounts, a very stand-up dude, and really they were incredibly close, and he died of brain cancer. So I've just thought, man, this guy keeps going through all this, and I actually thought what was really impressive of him in 2016 was that he didn't run because he kind of could have been, I believe, handed, like he would have won. Um, but he didn't win because he said he needed to be there for his family. He didn't run because he needed to be there for his family. His son had died and he just was like, I need to step away from politics. Even though after his son died, he still helped run the country for whatever the years were that he was vice president during that. So I've just always thought this is a good human. And watching him yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, we have been missing humanity. We've been missing watching actual decency and humanity forever. And we were finally presented with it, which made yeah. me also feel hopeful for democracy. And even the, the message of condolence uh, that the Biden, uh, his team put out on his handle uh, when Donald Trump's brother died this week. Yeah. You know, that that's like it, it, it puts politics aside for a second. And I thought that was a really classy thing and it was the right thing to do. And you think in any other election, we would be less inspired by that because like, oh, it's just a nice thing to do. But that but that kind of that sort of etiquette and the decency has been so absent over the past few years that right. it's so uplifting to see yeah. a promise of that returning just a normal decency. And, and I felt, and that's the speech he gave. I was like, like the whole sleepy Joe thing that that's been pushed. I was like, if that's, if, if what he did is sleepy, then I'm always asleep. Like yeah. he, or like post Malone, brought, you're always tired. I'm always tired. Like when yeah. he, right. Like that, like they got to come up with a new, if they want to do a new bully nickname, it's can't be that. Cause he was more woke. Like he was really awake. Mm -hmm. Um, so I found that to be, uh, to be very interesting. Now here's where I felt a bit of hopelessness. Um, is that there was an after party that I thought was so out of touch with what had just happened. We just had this really like awesome night where you felt hope and it was just kindness. There wasn't like mean, angry bullying being said. And then, Diplo, I don't know if you saw, Diplo hosted the official DNC virtual after party okay. where he had a background of him at the White House, like you have a fire. And he uh, and it just was like, wow, that's out of touch and stupid. Just end it with Joe Biden and fireworks. We don't need Diplo. So just I don't even know if you need to give me hope for it. It was just the stupidest thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Diplo, Steph Curry, you know, we're, 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 they're, they're going hard after that millennial vote. Yeah. And it was just like, dude, we don't need Diplo right now. Hey, at least our boy Yang got to, to talk. Yeah. Um, Yang crushed. Yeah. So, so there, that's, I think, obviously, that was the biggest thing of the week. But now I'm going to tell you the even bigger thing this week that really made me feel hope. It's, as we know, favorite band i mean rohit and i both i think by now our favorite uh group ever that we just don't know much of their music to i did in the future go to their concert bts the massive k-pop sensation do you know what they did today i do not oh well not it was maybe yesterday but they released their very first 
all English song. And so for anyone who was ever off put by that, you know, not understanding some of their lyrics, they did their first all English song. I'm going to play you four seconds of it and tell me what you think. Shoes on, get up in the morning, cup of milk, let's rock and roll. Kink out, kick the drum, rolling on like a rolling stone. Sing song when I'm walking home, jump up to the top of the brown. So, Aaron, that is, it's quite shocking news. And I wonder how many K pop purists will kind of reject this. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the old debate when you're watching foreign films, sub versus dub, right? Do you watch yep. it with subtitles or do you watch it dubbed into your native language? Um, oh. And so there, it's a raging debate. You know, you look at the anime world, you look at any, you know, sort of major foreign films. There's a lot of people internationally that watch big Hollywood films and refuse to watch it dubbed into German or whatever. They, they want to watch it with the original voices and read it in subtitles. I can see yep. arguments for both. Now, where's Ooh. your guess on how the K-pop nation will react to this, especially the English K-pop nation. Will they say this is not pure or will they say finally one that we can sing along to and understand? I'll make a prediction and then we'll have to see next week what happens. My prediction is because uh, the BTS army, which is their fan group is so positive and full of hope and acceptance and lovingness. And really they're about, democracy they're about just being kind with their free speech i think they're just going to embrace it because it's another way for bts to continue to grow and reach more and more people so that's my guess but we might see fallout you're right so let's i guess let's leave it as a cliffhanger that's my guess do you want to hear my prediction yeah this is the first schism within the bts army which is now going to split into factions and they'll be like, you know, the Sunnis and Shiites or the, you know, whatever, you know, the Hatfields and the McCoys or whatever, you know, it's, it's two people in the same universe are uh, two groups in the same universe that now have a big dividing line. Um, so oh. I do think you're going to see uh, just like how when uh, Studio Ghibli uh, announced their newest film, was not going to be done in cell animation, but it's going to be done in like Pixar style 3D. A lot of the yeah. fans got really pissed and revolted. Um, it's the same artist. It's the same, you know, it's coming from the same studio, but it's different. And a lot of people are upset about that, saying that they lost their cred. I'm really curious. We'll see how this plays out. So it's like your prediction is, it's just like the, the analogy that's used like always, Yankees versus Red Sox. BTS Army is going to become, there's going to be a Yankee side and a Red Sox side. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's like everything. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what happens. So speaking of multimedia amazingness, yes. it is time for hopeless, terribly hopeless TV. And let's start with something that uh, has been getting a lot of controversy this week. And it is a Netflix uh, documentary called Cuties. Now, this is uh, originally a French documentary. Um mm-hmm. And it's all about a young 11-year-old girl who uh, comes from a very, you know, religious, conservative upbringing. Um, and she sees uh, her friends or, you know, her sort of kids her age join like some dance groups and kind of, and it's, and it's about her sort of journey into uh, a sort of activity and a place that strays away 
from uh, her background, right? And is a bit sort of, uh, you know, a bit scandalous for the community that she's from. Now, that was the sort of um, the, 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 the byline that was being used in France. And that's how it won like awards at Cannes Film Festival. And now it's coming out of Netflix in the US. What they did, instead of having a cover art with a bunch of, you know, girls, like, you know, kind of like walking towards the screen, they have a bunch of girls in tights, one's twerking, and, the, and they're all dressed in really skimpy clothing. According to IndieWire, before Netflix gave their description of the film, Cutie stars newcomer Fatia Youssef as Amy, an 11-year-old girl who befriends a group of dancers at her school and begins growing into her burgeoning femininity. Amy's coming-of-age experience with her new friends upsets her mother as, it in, is in, as it's in direct confrontation with the family's Senegalese Muslim traditions. Okay, and then there's a poster of girls with shopping bags and throwing like kind of like glitter and stuff into the air. Um, right. And then the Netflix cover, like I said, is girls in crop tops and booty shorts, 11-year-olds, twerking, spreading eagle, and like dancing on like a stripper stage. And that was insanely crazy. And then the description, um, let's see. I don't even know if we need it. I think what you just said is enough. Yeah. That poster yeah. is like disturbing. Yeah. So so the, uh, so the film, even the, the description is just about you know, girls twerking and a young girl coming of age. And like what they did is they bastardized the intent of the movie ending up people calling for the movie to be boycotted. And when really it's a movie about growth and faith and trying to bridge two worlds, they turned it into like a pedophilia sort of fantasy documentary. Um, and so they've since changed the cover title and they've changed the poster. But uh, where, where, I mean, I'm kind of feeling hopeless that you can take something that is meant to be so profound and can just sexualize it to get it to an American market. Where can we find sort of any hope for that? Um, I think this is a media is a, a proof in media and in entertainment of how desperate people are to keep their jobs. And I think it's a reflection of that because everyone in like studios have been left and right getting rid of people. Right. And at Netflix, I call it parking spot fillers, but people who just desperately want to keep their job and they won't do what they believe. They just do what they think people will like so that they don't have to take blame for anything. And it seems like people might have been worried about the actual message of the film. So they instead did a 180 and did the opposite of the message of the film because they think sex sells, even though it's 11 year olds, which is extra disturbing. So that's my guess, my hope is that it was simply a bunch of people in in a room trying to make sure they kept their jobs at Netflix by not screwing up this film because they were worried they, they had to play it safe, and by safe, they actually were offensive. Yeah, they but, went full BuzzFeed on that. Yeah, but I, that's my hope, is that it's just, it's given the times, people just are terrified of doing anything more than what they think everyone wants. Yeah, and it's it's... You know, and, and, and I feel bad for the filmmaker. And I say, it's not a documentary. I apologize. It's, 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 it's a two-hour film. But I feel bad for the filmmaker just being called a pervert and being called, you know, all these horrible things purely oh, because um, Netflix decided to make it about 11-year-olds twerking. Um, and you notice who doesn't... See, that's what's bad, and it's dealt with this a little. It's just people get blamed for things, like the director, that he didn't do. It's the people who are trying to keep their jobs in a, in a uh, corporate environment that came up with this wouldn't have been him. 
Yeah. Would have been the uh, director of the film. The director of the film made the film he made. Yeah. So uh, yeah. anyway, I, I think there's hope in that it's just because of now, not because of uh, of what is going on. So can I, I hope that gave you a little hope. It did, it did, it did. And so speaking of Hopeless TV, um, there were two things that are really quick, but they go with this, they go hand in hand. I just, I feel like TV right now is just getting dumber and dumber um, because people are desperate for anything. I watched a brief bit of a UFC fight last week and man, it was just like, so uh, it's just, it's just to stir. It's like such a money grab. And I looked up what the guys make who are fighting and then what Dana White and his team are doing. I'm like, this is just, it was like, and one of the guys had to be taken out in a stretcher and then they're just raking in money. Like it just, I, it really feels with, without people like it's, we're throwing these guys into, to be gladiators and one of them might die and they don't really care. Yeah. So nobody, that felt hopeless. Yeah, nobody cares about the concussions. These guys get the cauliflower ear, the bones, they break all these, it, it, it's blood sport. Um, and it's fucking gross. I've tried to watch and, UFC. I can't. I literally and without can't. fans, it doesn't feel like a sport. It just feels like we're gonna put two people in the ring. One will like almost die, and then we make the money, and then we move on. So yeah. that was bad, but it wasn't as bad, Rohit, as on my in my my place on TV. I won't again. I'm not gonna say how it got on TV, but it was on TV. Was a new Real Housewives called the Real Housewives of Potomac. I didn't actually know where Potomac was, but it's, it's in Maryland, Maine. right? Oh, Maine. Or Maryland. I guess it might a be few... Maine. Yeah, yeah. There's maybe multiple ones. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this was on TV, and I was like, oh, my gosh, no. This is, like, worse than other ones. Like, I hate now I hate Potomac, and I hate Maine and Maryland, wherever it is, because these people are just so repulsive. So between UFC and this, and one is for males more, and one is for females more, I was like, we are just stooping to, to newer and newer lows. I mean, these women on Real Housewives of Potomac were just the worst. Like, I wanted them to just all, you know, get brain surgery. Yeah, a, a, a good lobotomy sounds nice right about now. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a thing. It's like, you know, people can watch whatever they want, kind of veg out. It's just the hard part for me personally with reality TV is that when I was a kid, remember when, like, Real World was out and, like, it was, like, Real World Season 2, I was like, whoa, one day when I'm older, I want to be on the real world. Cause I was like the only reality TV there was. And it's like, wow, isn't that cool? What a cool experiment, dude. Now I don't know if you could pay me to be on a reality show. Like no. it's nobody Are ever ends one? up looking good. Um, so, yeah. well, yeah, except for the son, these women have so many followers. I used to interview a bunch of them for uh, work and in person talking to many of them is, is it, it makes you stupid. So, <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's hope in that, except everyone watch something else. You don't need to watch this. Uh, and um, so speaking of that, I think you have something that, that is going to make me upset. Yeah. So in Europe, um, they, uh, you know, the filmmaking industry is getting back to uh, back to work. Right. And it's, it's great. You know, we need to, we need to uh, sort of start producing and everybody, everybody start working. However, there's a rule that uh, shows and movies are being asked to follow with updated guidelines is they are saying no more sex scenes. 
uh, in what? order to protect in actors Europe? in Europe to protect actors from coronavirus. Now, I personally feel you should never crush the spirit of of an artist, and you don't want to take away from the art. So, and I'm not saying this because I personally get really happy whenever I see, you know, uh, an HBO show start and you see all the little block letters like A, V, N, and you're like, I love yes. when, when the, when the N comes up, I'm like, yeah. can't wait for this one. Yeah. Except like recently I feel it's been like 80% dicks on HBO. Every time I see it and I'm like, Oh God damn it. Um, uh, but with you, yeah, it's, oh, it's called DF. It's called yeah. DF. It's getting yeah. dick fooled. It's uh, yeah. So yeah, dick fooled, but still, there's still the chance that, you know, the N is, is, is great to watch. And I just, I'm only, I'm only in this for the art, you know, I'm purely no other reasons. Um, and I just, I think it's upsetting, Aaron, how do we feel hope about um, the, you know, UK officials and European officials saying, you know, do things more like how Casablanca where they never needed to show a sex scene, but still had the tension. Well, it's just, it's weird. Cause la when I, I FaceTimed you the other day and uh, I know you were watching something on HBO that was rated R cause I could hear it from behind and it was just weird that you didn't have any pants or underwear on. So I don't know your TV habits exactly, but you know, just interesting. I, I guess I, you, you learn something about your friend every day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, HBO max has, um, you know, lots of, uh, I think you watch avatar, the airbender on there. So, you know, it's just, it's, it was really I hot. See your pants were down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, Oh, by the way, I just had my fifth heat stroke of this podcast. Yeah. It's, we're on life support right now. Life support. I, it is so, it is now 128 degrees in here. I'm going to rename my office death Valley. So <laughs> hope for that is in general, Europe is progressive with sex and sex scenes. When you go to Europe, like Paris, there's just like nudity on billboards and stuff. It's awesome. Uh, in my opinion, because I think people should be free to express themselves in whatever way they decide. Um, with that being said, uh, I wonder how long this will last. Because if you're already having someone in a romantic movie where they're hooking up or kissing, guess what? I hate to break it to you. Most sex scenes aren't real. They're actually awkward. I've personally actually been in a couple, um, like wow. acted in a few. And uh, they're not, they're, they're like, oh, there's a camera above you. No, there's not usually much nudity. It's just like awkwardness. So... I believe they will come back because there's actually probably more danger in like the action scenes than there is the sex scenes. Um, it might just be a, like they're trying to prove a point right now. I just don't see it lasting. And yeah, so then I guess you I can, guess you can't make a great sex scene with a mask. No, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Never done that. So, uh, um, so that's the hope. I just think Europe's too progressive with that stuff to, to let it last. Dude, they show and, like um, boobs in their TV commercials. I don't know how they're they going to go with that. Awesome. It's great. I know that you purely you for the art that. form, purely for you the watch, art form. Yeah. You, yeah. You watch the European streaming commercial channel. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Me too. Rowett, the other thing that I felt a bit hopeless about in watching a bunch of the DNC, and I will also be watching the RNC and probably live tweeting. Cause I tweeted a bunch during the DNC and it was fun to see people's responses. Um, so I might, I'm probably going to live tweet during the RNC Republican national convention, Republican national convention, what I felt hopeless about, minus last night when it seemed like everyone was in agreement of this, is that Fox News, you know, obviously the right wing version, didn't cover the DNC. And oh, really? Think, no, they would show clips, but like yesterday from six from the six to seven hour, Trump was on Hannity. 
while the RNC is going on. I mean, the DNC is going on. And I was just like, this is just not news. Like, that's just not what should happen. So it made me feel hopeless because I think for these big monumental first ever virtual conventions, uh, we should minus when Joe Biden went outside and there were all these honking cars, which was really cool and tons of fireworks. Um, and it was like a socially distanced like Joe Biden rave, which I never thought I'd say the words Joe Biden rave, <laughs> but it was like all these people, like thousands of people in cars honk with their flashers on and fireworks. It was really cool. Um, but other than, I just don't understand why um, all news networks, whether you want to blast him or not, or blast it or not, why they wouldn't all cover it. Yeah. So I mean, you should at least hope. cover it. I know, I know, you know, for example, I was watching CBS on the first night on Monday um, and, or was it Tuesday? I don't remember. Um, and CBS was able to report on it, but they couldn't show clips, um, but they were still discussing it, right? They're, and they were kind of like having all their, anal- they, sorry, they could show clips, but they could not show the whole live stream. So, um, yeah, that, they started at seven. They showed like the second hour, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So like, but I think, yeah, it should at least be important enough to discuss. Um, so we'll see what happens with the RNC. Um, hopefully the other networks, and you know, they'll cover it with, with their cast of characters. It'll be nothing but... Um, morbid curiosity and entertainment. So I'm excited that, you know, we get back to back weeks of insanity. And Um, I am going to go into it with a completely open mind because I'm very curious what's going to happen. So we'll just see what happens with it. I just, I don't think that CNN, MSNBC, all the other ones should follow Fox News's lead of not covering it. Cover this thing because it's news. It's important. It's our country. We should be. That's what your job is, is to cover these things. And most CNN important. and MSNBC did. They just shouldn't like boycott the other one. And most it's importantly, not- though, more important than anything is that there's going to be memes that come out of it. And so if you're not covering it, if you're not saying funny things about it, and then when people are making a gif out of some crazy moment, it doesn't have the NBC logo on it, or it doesn't <laughs> have all this. And that's just lost impressions for you. So just think about it from yeah, a business losing- perspective, guys. That's the Rohit advertising mind right there. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it is something you know a lot about. Um, yeah. So with that, I think we're going to, I again, I, I'm excited to uh, comment on what's going on at the RNC. And I just hope that um, nobody listens to what Fox News did and everyone just cover the freaking news when it's a big thing. Uh, so with that, it's the Rohit knows the O's. Rohit's favorite team, the Orioles playing right now and they're actually doing pretty okay and they are but i believe there's eight seeds and they're in the ninth seed right now so they're fighting for that last seed so i just wanted to know from you rohit what hope do you feel about this team and all these new players i know more of their names now because some are on my fantasy team but yeah, I- the, there's actually good players on this team there are, and our bats have been really strong. And, you know, Anthony Santander is a guy we didn't get to talk about last time. Um, and we today we actually just called up for his first major league at bats, Ryan Mountcastle, our, our big first round pick from last year. Wait, the guy you didn't know who he was from the very first episode of this show. Oh, right. Yes. You didn't couldn't tell me what position he played. I believe. Yes. I, yes, and I knew he was. I did not remember the position. And yeah, so first you knew baseman. His, him as a prospect. That's it. Yes. Yes. Because he likes to fuck castles, Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yes. The yes, he was that. So so he's coming up. So this is the so, big yeah. Deal. He's this gonna. He might be guy. getting his first at bats today or tomorrow. So I picked him up in my keeper league. Um. So a uh, little free tip out there for you, Aaron, in case you have a you Ooh. know a spot open. I will. I'll go. Yeah, I do. I didn't do my picks correctly. So um, 
I uh, I have one open spot, so I will go for him. And then I just want to know if you feel hope because this season is obviously, I think I'm going to win the wins bet that we predicted because they'd have to really screw up to not get to whatever was 23 wins um, or 20. I forget what I said. Do you feel hope that the Orioles, who do have a big fan base, it's just people are embarrassed by being their fans, that they're like they're they're showing promise, and if not this year, definitely next year they're going to be good, and they're at least it, decent this year. See, Aaron, that's a hard, that's a kind of a trick question. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm an Orioles fan. We had the draft NBA draft lottery last night, and then obviously the Knicks. You know, they had a nine percent chance of winning the number one pick, and obviously they got the number eight pick. Um, yeah. No, they're so hopeless. They're they are the there is no hope for the Knicks. Ever. But I wasn't that they're disappointed done. because my existence is already pain there. Now, when the Orioles start playing well, the problem is I don't. You know, the good thing is I don't feel disappointment when they're playing badly, but it's also really hard for me to feel hope because all I know they will only let me down. So right <laughs> now I'm pretty just a little bit above neutral. I'm really happy for it. But there is no chance in hell I'm going to make myself vulnerable enough to think that they actually have a shot. Um, okay. So, yeah. But you, there is a hope, a little above medium hope, that it, there, this could be heading in the right direction. Because unlike, a, on one, just for people who don't follow the Orioles closely, they have been good like in the not-too-recent past. Like they have had good years. Yeah. So they, yeah, they had two playoff possible. appearances in the past decade, which were great. Um, but so that's they, they totally screwed up one of them with by not bringing in their closer. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they've anyway, made the playoffs so four, I think, four times in the thirty-plus years I've been a fan. So um, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. That's, that's making terrible. the playoffs. Not winning anything, making the playoffs. So um, okay, we won't get cool. into uh, we won't get into Buck Showalter's decision when he didn't bring in Zach Britton. We will not talk no, about that. No, no. Um, what we will talk about so, is hope in sixty seconds, and we're going to talk about a lot of things in sixty seconds. We're going um, quick. So cue the hope. Oh sh- wait, one sec. Sorry, I just had four yes. more heat strokes. Just oh. give me a sec. Okay, I'm good. Uh, so yeah, right now I see Aaron's skin is actually peeling up from his body. And it's just yeah. a giant carcass with just curled up, like bacon-like skin. Um, so and a nose, and I have a yes. nose because I'm and a nose. So hope in sixty, ready? Hope in sixty seconds. All right, let me start the timer. Go. So I feel super hopeless about football coming up. And I feel extra hopeless because I'm going to waste time because I'm in two fantasy football leagues, one with you and one with high school friends. And I think it's going to be a complete waste of time. I just don't see this working for the NFL. It's been hard enough for baseball, and football is the most violent sport. I just don't see it happening. College football is probably gone. I mean, half of the leagues are already done. I just don't see hope. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think we're going to waste our times doing our draft. But it's going to be a little bit of fun. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I don't think we're going to get a full season. Um, and But what I can promise you is that our league is still going to reward people in some way. I'm going to find a way to make it worth your while, even when the season gets canceled. So even if it's a short All one, right. I promise there's going to be winners and there's going to be fun things. Yes, as long as we can get that, because you bring do bring the fun to our league, then I'm hope gone. All right, and that's came in under time before under the buzzer. Time. 
Nice. It's all because of Rohit's funny things. Um, <laughs> so speaking of, of oh, oh, should we just, I'll do the, the other um, sports thing and then you can go. Yes. Ready? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Let me uh, start it again. Cool. Go. Every so often I have compassion for people, even though they are friends who totally shame me. In this case, my compassion is for my friends who are Mets fans. If you haven't heard in an earlier episode, they put a fan cut out of me at City Field where the Mets play. And I hate the Mets. I despise them. I despise everything about them. I think they're disgusting. Their fans are a disgrace. They're terrible. But now they have coronavirus and the Mets and the and the Mets have been canceled for the foreseeable future because they have the virus. And I feel bad for my Mets fans who are friends because everyone needs some hope and needs their team to be playing and the Mets are in the playoff chase so give Mets fans hope Rohit because I think there's none well the hope is they have won a World Series in the same decade as the Dodgers have so that you can kind of say they're like they're both equally uh, you know and the Orioles and the Orioles yeah so they're 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 equally uh when they do uh, win the World Series eventually, maybe um, it'll feel like a much bigger, greater comeback story and everybody be more likely to root for them against whoever they play. Um, yep. That's probably not going to happen this year. Um, and uh, they should also feel uh, hope that um, it's not just them losing, it's all the owners of players like Jeff McNeil um, <laughs> yeah. that are losing like me. So, or yes. Jay, or the best, one of the best, or Jacob deGrom. Whoever he's been great him, though. I know, but now he doesn't pitch. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I will so. say one other piece of hope that I just realized. My fan cutout is the Yankees were playing the Mets this weekend, which is going to be viewed by like the most people because that's the huge matchup. Yeah. And guess what? It's not going to be on national TV. Nope. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and you know, another thing is, you know, Mets, they're just like us. So... <laughs> So right. let's keep going. This is fun. All right, cool. We're, All right, so motoring. Let, 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 let's go to the next topic, which is um, fires and hurricanes. Now, we know that the California wildfires are ravaging the, the you know, uh, Northern California, and they've actually burnt down, like, like beautiful ancient trees, huge, giant, you know, these famous redwoods, and, like, California is burning. And at the same time, in the southeast, um, you have two hurricanes on a collision course to hit the U.S., so fires on one side, hurricanes on the other. Uh, where do we feel hope in this time? Boom. It comes back to democracy, the theme of the day. Yesterday, you probably might not have seen it, Gavin Newsom was on the DNC not talking about anything else but climate change as he's trying to help the fight. He was in one of the forests like a mile away. So the idea that this is bringing climate change back to the forefront when it's been shunned as a thing uh, uh, for the last four years is huge because we need it to be, it is our number one biggest threat. Amen. I will take climate change, especially around election time. Um, and it, that's it doesn't matter if you're in the Southeast. It doesn't matter if you're in the West. It affects us all. Beautiful. All right. Next topic. Go. All right. The next one is STD walk. Have you heard what this is? No. So there was an STD walk today. And are you ready for what it is? I can guess, but go ahead. It is not what you think. Oh. It is called Stop the Donald 2020. And it was <laughs> a big march to stop the Donald STD walk. Now, I felt hopeless just because 
I just think they missed the boat with with this lingo. It's like, I get it. Some people think he's a disease. They can be correct. But this just felt a little weird. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time getting people to join your walk if you have to explain what it is. And then everything's you're just marching because you have chlamydia. Um, and it's yeah. important that we destigmatize, you know, STIs and STDs. But this might be the wrong way to go about it with, uh, yeah. Could you? Yeah, there's like every other, like you can call him a disease. You can be like, it could be just like the stop the, stop Trump. Who is, I don't know, I'm not going to think of it right now. It could be anything but the STD walk and still be saying, look, he's a disease. He's caused death and stuff. So I just think that they missed the mark there and it made probably less people march. Yeah. Um, yes. shirts. Um, there is. So, there's a logo. Like There's a logo that you can buy. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Next one. Okay. So. I, uh, you know, I've been tracking, you know, with a lot of my friends and like some of them are saying they're not going back to the office in the summer. Now, I have no idea when my office is opening up, but um, it looks like, you know, a lot of people are going to be working from home at least well into 2021. Um, now, what I did, I decided to invest in a chair, a nice chair. So I ordered uh, a Herman Miller uh, Embody uh, chair. And then they told me now I have to wait until October 11th for it to ship. Um, that's a long time. How do I make my back feel better? And how do I actually handle the weight for this chair that I probably should have ordered a long time ago? Um, it's really simple. I think the answer, which is going to be a little scathing toward you, but it's also true. These are the, if this is your problem right now, it is the best possible first world problem to possibly have considering what a lot of people don't have jobs, don't have anything or, or, and are dying. So Every time you think your chair, be glad you're not those. Yeah, you know what? I've spent no money this entire apocalypse. But yeah, you're right. That is a pretty first world problem. Um, but my back really <laughs> hurts. It really is so bad. Um, and uh, and I do, as we've discussed, I also, uh, as also someone with uh, who had a, got into an accident and had to have back issues, um, CBD, Cream and oil, I find helps a lot. Oh, right. I should see some. So I would go load up on it. It really does. It just loosens. It makes it feel better. Great. That's so, another reasons to go to the dispensary. All right. You are up. Yeah. Of of the 20. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Just three more heat strokes. Okay. I'm ready. Um, so this is really, really was just wrong. Is There is a big meme going on. Where, you know, Joe Biden's logo, it's like the big J yeah. and then O-E. Um, and there's a meme someone created of Kamala Harris with her mouth open, sucking the J. And I just thought, like, you know, I'm about progression and women and men being equal. And that's just straight up wrong. That's disgusting. I mean, that's that that just shows... Like people are literally so threatened by a woman that they think that they sexualize her before attacking her for anything else. And I think like that is, it's, it's fucking vile. Um, I don't know where we get hope from that, but hopefully. I hope she just crushes. I just hope she just shows. Uh, I think uh, the word was, didn't she use the word nasty or that was someone else, but uh, she, I, I know can be, I hope she just, rips all this sexism apart. Yeah. I hope she goes super cyan. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, we, we didn't find hope there, but, we, but no. I, I believe that she will do something to combat the sexism because uh, 
she, uh, I think, has done it her whole life. Had to because she's yeah. a woman uh, in power. So with that, it's the final section of the show. The fan mail submissions. Uh, lots of hope in 60. I hope we brought some hope, some democracy. We've been doing all the things that, you know, to show that there, is, there are silver linings. Here is something from Lane in Portland. I guess this was directed at me. Um, are you getting more signs? This is, in, I think, direct a reaction to how I've been putting signs on my deck when I was when Rohit recommended I uh, maliciously comply and put more um, signs for change on my my balcony of my condo. The answer to Lane is maybe. It depends on if people piss me off more. Then I will. If not, I'm going to leave my signs as they are because they I, they've silenced themselves. The people who wanted me to remove my signs, uh, but. If they do it again, I'm going to maliciously comply bigger. And you know That's what? That's the answer. And then we can all start a GoFundMe for Aaron um, to get a full sort of three-piece suit with the sign visuals all over the suit and a top hat. And so he's just a walking <laughs> giant billboard with it, walking around his uh, apartment building at all times, and it'll light up too. So I think we should uh, <laughs> work on that. All right. So we're going to start that GoFundMe. Go, go to uh, AaronWolfLightsUp.com, and you can start donating. All right. And the next question. Uh, also, if you Aaron, go to that site, you'll see this username has not been taken. <laughs> um, so what? there's one more. Do you want to re read it? Yeah. It? Yeah. This is a great question. It's from Philomena. Um, and it's probably more directed at you. Um, but I also am a victim of it because I cause it for myself. But um, <laughs> so the question is, how do you put up with getting lots of hate on social? I see it all the times on your feed. Um, all right. Well, we should both answer this. Um I, yeah, I, I mean, Ro, it's right. I've been publicly shamed by some notable people, um, especially of recent, and when putting out films, gotten anti-Semitic rhetoric and so on. You know what? I, I don't take it as any more than it's another thing that, that happened that's part of our society right now. And I'm getting to further experience what's going on in society. I think that you know, these mainly these people are just cowards, like with what they say, that the only way they can show hate is to randomly do anti-Semitic slurs and other types of slurs toward myself. Um, I got some. Oh, I did like the other. I've been getting it to this week with something I put up about empathy and someone just ripped into me about liking empathy and uh, and kept going and going and going. And I was just like, do you need help? <laughs> So I usually try to respond either with something kind of funny or ignore it. Yeah. Um, and now you, you're, you go. Yeah. And it's, 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 I, I gotta hate, I hate sometimes too. And you know, it's usually in freaking comments on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever. And recently I commented on a video, there was some guy who was sleeping in a van in New York and he actually like had down syndrome. It looked like, and somebody like was like trying to do a prank on him. They slapped the, the glass of his windshield open and he woke him up. He looked like he was a blue collar worker just trying to get some like shut eye before a shift or whatever. And he comes out and like raging at the camera and every, and some of the comments are just laughing and like, ah, it's funny. This dude wants smoke. And I was like, this is actually bullying. This guy didn't agree to be put on camera. He didn't agree to be woken up. He wasn't hurting anybody. And you're laughing about it. And some dude, yeah. he's like calling me a pussy and he's calling me all these things. He's like, I should get off that feed because it's ridiculous. And so what I, and you know, he even called me, I, I, I talked some shit back to him and then he called me an ugly ass 50 year old trying to talk like a millennial, which I thought was funny because <laughs> technically I'm a millennial, but my gray beard definitely makes me look a lot older. Um, 
But yeah, but uh, you're definitely nowhere close to fifty. So no, that's funny. <laughs> really far from it. But if you look at me, like, oh, that's somebody's dad. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so what I like to do is, you know, it is is less talk shit back. You know, I still will do a little bit. What I think is a really good way to go about it is just you put words in their mouth. So I started talking how he's a fascist. You know how, how like you know his you know in his post where he's like you know a big Trump supporter and all this, and he's never said anything of the sort. But what I was doing is I was poisoning his <laughs> comments. Um, and just putting words in his mouth and he's getting frustrated. And I just keep like, you know, publicly replying to things he never said and quoting things <laughs> he never said until they just don't want to engage with me anymore. So that's another really good way. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. I want to. So I'm worried with some of the work I do that if I did that, that would, n I wish I could do that. I'll say this. I wish I could do it. I don't think I can. I think it's brilliant. You're doing it. <laughs> I just remember, don't know if yeah. I'm, I think I would, yeah, it wouldn't go over so well. Yeah. You know, but, what, revenge, they say revenge is the dish best served cold, but what's more delicious than revenge is trolling. Trolling. Um, so. I know. All right. Maybe yeah. I'll try, I'll try to cleverly do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that dude. That's brilliant. So I, that brings us to our, that gave me a lot of hope and it brings me to, to our last piece, the hope fulfilled. I just want to say one thing that, that really, and I think, and you have something too, that really made me feel hopeful as someone myself who has learning differences, disabilities. I talk publicly about it. Um, we've had some guests who have talked about it on this show even. Um, and I absolutely was disgusted and dis, dis, like thought it was vile what Trump has done in the past where he's visibly mocked kids who have uh, autism or on the spectrum or Down syndrome. And last night, what this brave individual named Braden did is he got on the stage because Joe Biden had a stutter, still struggles with it every so often, but he had a stutter as a kid. And Joe Biden, who is, as you said, just by all accounts, just, just this good guy, like he's actually a good human. And he saw this kid struggling to talk and he offered to help him and give him like, here's how I helped fix my stutter. And that was like six months ago. And this kid, Brayden, right before Joe Biden spoke, he went on and gave a speech, which he's never done before. He's 13. And it was it brought tears to my eyes. It was inspirational. The fact that one of the leaders of our country in the past, who may be a leader in the future, is uh, was kind enough to help this kid when he saw him. It was just beautiful. It's the exact kind of messaging that I feel a kind of democracy is all about is is not bullying people but building kids up and that happened last night and bravo Braden for your braveness in going on TV and giving this speech and bravo to Joe Biden for uplifting people who are struggling not bullying them yes and kindness it is such an amazingly refreshing thing to see kindness again and so I think we can uh, sort of wrap the show with with the kind of message of you know, there's many things that we that we could do throughout the day. And, you know, whether, whether we're hopeless or we're just kind of doing whatever we can, um, it's if we can if we just do whatever we're doing, fine. As long as we're not hurting anybody, that's great. But if we were to do what we're doing and add a little dash of kindness, whether it's to your partner or whether it's to somebody at you know that you know you pass you know in the grocery store or whatever, if what you're doing just has a little bit of extra kindness and you just add that throughout your day, imagine how much more amazing 
this world would be. Imagine what that does to other people. And then that just spreads. Um, so I think if anything, um, it's beautiful. We're seeing things like that. And, you know, and, and hope comes from kindness. And it's, it, I'm really, really happy to see, you know, somebody being given a platform like that to be able to share such a kind story and a kind relationship. I think that sums it up that um, within democracy, the whole idea of democracy is to hear each other, listen to one another, accept that people have differences and be kind as much as possible to other people, not just be judgmental. So if we can, yeah, what you said is everything. Let's bring kindness back. And uh, all right. So, so that's the end. That's it. We've that's done the it. End. Uh, so with that, um, I'm the Aaron Wolf on social media, and I will be live tweeting during the Republican National Convention next week. And I'm a vote for Rohit with the number four on Twitter, and I will be trolling during the Republican National Convention. <laughs> and uh, and with that, I hope we've we've brought a bit of hope and a sense that there is some hope on the horizon as well. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's all good slow.